This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. A hammer blow from Sadio Mane's Liverpool edge West Ham 1-0 to keep up the pace in the Premier League title race. You're listening to the post-game podcast with Patrick Smith and wow, that one was uncomfortable, wasn't it? The Reds could have put the game to bed by half-time, but their narrow lead kept the Copites on edge as West Ham forced numerous chances, but some brilliant individual defending from Liverpool ensured they took all three points. So let's take these points and run to the hills ahead of the Manchester derby tomorrow. We'll bring the reactions of Paul Gorst, Jurgen Klopp and the Liverpool fans in the stands right here on the post-game podcast, so stick around. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Liverpool have moved to within three points of Manchester City at the top of the Premier League. It's a 1-0 win here against West Ham at Anfield this evening. A hard-fought win. Uh, the most hard-fought of the season, in fact, it has to be shared. Uh, West Ham were uh, really in the game from start to finish and created a number of uh, really big chances. Uh, Pablo Fornals in the um, first half of the chip over Alisson Becker that was cleared off the line from Trent Alexander-Arnold. Manuel Lanzini, uh, Daniel Drend in the second half really should have scored. Uh, but Liverpool survived, uh, managed goal in the first half, giving them a, uh, what is a massive three points in the Premier League title race. It keeps them obviously on the coattails of Manchester City, who are hosting uh, City rivals United on Sunday afternoon. All eyes on that game tomorrow, of course. Um, United have got a good record against City in recent years, particularly at the Etihad, so uh, Liverpool will be watching that one with bated breath, no doubt. But before they could uh, take a look at that one, they had to do the business here themselves, and they uh, just about got over the line, managed goal. Um, Contentious has to be said, uh, potentially offside. It was ruled by VAR to be onside, but uh, I can certainly imagine Jürgen Klopp would not be happy had uh, the shoe been on the other foot and that decision was given. But uh, given it was Mane's 14th goal of the season, the difference between the two sides, um, Klopp made eight changes in total for this one, bringing back the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold, um, Fabinho, Mohamed Salah, uh, Alisson Mecca kept his place in goal, Andy Robertson returned. Um, and it was, um, you know, it, it looked like it was going to be a tough day at the office, and, and so it was right up until the, the very death of the game. Um, West Ham were, were always in it, uh, and as you say, had two massive chances uh, in either half. Four nails going clean through, uh, tried to chip Allison. Um, Alexander Allen got back, cleared it off the line before Nicola Bassett shot wide. And in the second half, probably more of a um, more of a guilt edge one for Lanzini after he. Had put uh, Alexander Arnold on the deck and Allison had gone the wrong way. He then somehow managed to put it uh, into the away end and Liverpool survived and come away with what could yet be a massive, massive three points in this Premier League title race. So the Reds go to within three points of City, as I say, all eyes now on the Etihad for Sunday afternoon. But uh, Liverpool just keep rolling on, keep picking up wins in every competition that they're in. It's finished here at Anfield. Liverpool 1, West Ham United 0. Game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Yeah, we're going to prioritise the people in the room uh, if that's okay. <laughs> if there are hands up on the Zoom, we'll consider taking them if we don't get many in here. But I don't know who wants to kick us off. Sam, if you'd like to uh, kick off proceedings. Well, yeah, I know that's not your priority, but seven league wins in a row. So you've put the life back into this time. Have actually had to. So I had a choice, eh? So um, um, yeah, we'll come to that point. 
pretty soon probably that um, when you win seven or for us now 12 I think in all competitions in a row um, then you cannot only win the, the ones where you um, are flying and um, today we were obviously not flying we had to dig really deep and that's what the boys did um, but yeah it's really it's it's um, it's necessary to get something out of this season um, that we keep on going actually and um, no, no time to to rest so just keep going Simon? Um, people for a number of years spoke about Mane and Salmon, Flamingo being this kind of axis. And then over the last couple of years, you added Jota to it. And now you've got um, Diaz as well. You seem to have expanded your squad and it doesn't, it's just made it better, really. Yeah, that's true. Um, again, what's necessary, huh? we cannot rely on these boys and we had on top of that not to forget um Divo have him still um and and Takimi Namino yeah Chakiri here so all all brilliant players um who helped us obviously um to to win the things we won in the um in the past and um so but obviously you need to bring in quality and and fresh energy um and that's what we tried and what obviously looks like that it worked out the boys have now um, we have now really um, proper quality in depth and um, but we cannot play all competitions and go far in the competitions if you don't have this depth, there's no chance you can do it for a year when you're lucky with injuries but uh, I think we had years where Bobby Sadio and Mo pretty much played all the games if I'm right and Sometimes they came from the bench, but um, all the other games they did. The next game they started again. But in a week, especially like this Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, uh, we play again against Inter. There's no chance that you try to get through with the same lineup. Same situation in midfield. Um, last line, even there, um, that we had now have now cost us. Um, who obviously, when he plays, um, shows that he's an incredible player. Um, Millie can play it right back um, and is doing that from time to time. Or Joe plays there. So that's all really important. And the halves we can change. Um, so that's all important. And um, the only chance we had to, to try to be successful in the long term. Because so far, yes, we won one competition uh, with this squad now. But um, nothing else. And um, we just need... Um, energy in these different games like we needed it tonight. You can imagine we would have played this game after making no changes on Wednesday. There's no chance. Um, and that's why it's, yeah, exactly what we had to do. Jürgen, um, West Ham seemed to get thrown the counter quite a lot. Is that just something you have to accept as a strength of theirs that you would play with a bit of risk or no. something you would have done differently? No, we should have done differently. But um, there were different counter-attacks, obviously. The, the, the first the first goal, <laughs> the goal they nearly scored when, when, when Trent uh, cleared the situation with a long leg. That was really bad defending, we have to admit that. Uh, no pressure on the ball in midfield. No close last line in the line and too high. So um, both centre-halves were surprised by Formal's run and Trent was just not um, close enough. Uh, that we could sort it in the end, different reasons. First, I would say Ali really calm, made it not easy for him. And um, Trent can is then at least close enough to, to, to clear the situation. 
second half, we had were different moments. There were different moments when we, and that's from a bit of something, a problem of the first half, because first half we, speak, we defended Antonio extremely well uh, with his high balls, with long balls. We took some risk in the last line for their build-up. We played with three against five, um, and uh, that we have should have enough time to get in the right position to clear the situation or to win the challenge. Second half, then it was slightly different. I think it started directly with the ball where, where Antonio, little push for Verge was enough that Verge deflects the ball and then Bowen is through. It was like a sign for them. Yeah, let's do that. And we never found back to the 100% again. Um, means we were now always a little bit late. Even with Antonio didn't win the ball, at least he made sure that we, that we cannot win it as well. And then there were much better positions for the second balls. So that's obviously two different problems. Um, and we could have done both. We, should, we have to do the first better. That's sort of a mistake we should not make. And the rest is as, as well a little bit because the quality of Antonio is just doing that extremely well. I couldn't see one foul of him or whatever. He I didn't need that. He just used his body. And um, so that was pretty impressive. Um, and how it is when you are not perfectly organized or you don't win the decisive challenges in the first place, then you have to need to your, your legs. And you need passion, big heart, to defend it in any way. And that's what we did in person of um, Robo then and Nabi and all these kind of things and Ali. So um, we know that we um, needed some luck in these moments and proper defending just in a different way. Um, but I think it's difficult to to deny them over 95 minutes so that these things can always happen. Um, but first half, that didn't happen. Second half, much too often. Dominic. Definitely. All these situations were for me like scoring a goal, to be honest. It's what I would. If it would not be the tactic after a goal, the game is interrupted. That's why you can celebrate it. So the game was obviously not interrupted after we clear these things and because I was still in play, so you don't celebrate it. But inside, it's exactly the same importance for me. Um, uh, uh, we do an analyze. We don't have really time to do it. But if we speak about the game again, then it will, I will consider that exactly um, like that, like we scored a goal. Um, and that's how I said, if the organization is, is wrong for a moment, doesn't mean you cannot defend the situation. You just have to do it in a different way. And um, we did that here quite well. West Ham defended us a lot of times in, in, with, with, with blocks. So we, we came in good positions to finish the situation off. But in the end, we always hit a West Ham player. The box was quite full. But it's passionate defending as well. I just would have loved us to, to be in these moments more, more patient. So if they do this, it, we took too often the first opportunity to shoot. If they do this, but it was too easy to defend and to block the ball. It's easy, but too easy a little bit. And um, if we wait there, if we, if we are calmer in these situations, then we wait a second longer, and then the boy slide, the opponent slides through the picture, and then you have clear side again and can and can finish the situation better off. So, but because of the, because, I think because of the um, the situation West Ham had. We felt a little bit in a rush that we have to finish the game. We have to finish the game now off instead of just being calm in these moments and really do the right things in the right moment. 
that was the story of the game. We couldn't finish it off, and so the door stayed open, and they went nearly through. The final ones, guys. Was everyone happy? Paul. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, I don't understand that. That's true. But I don't think I will change that with whatever I say tonight. But if he couldn't defend, he wouldn't play here, as, 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 at least not on that position. So, he's a. He improved in all departments and defending, of course, as well. Um, but um, he's that young that he still can improve and has to improve. But um, yes, his defending is not a problem we have. Finish, Carl. Just done last one. Sorry, Dan. Consistency, best return you know, in terms of assists. He's providing that importance to the final third as well. Yeah. So in C playing, I think we, we 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 help him a little bit with positioning and stuff like this. So we try to bring him in positions um, um, formation wise, where he's where he can be that influential. But of course, it's um, all about him and his, his skill set and his quality and his right foot and his overview. Um, that's that's it. That he um, is, is really in the situation and focused to set up goals in these moments. Um, that he knows where are the dangerous situations, the positions in the, in the opposition box or around that. He really tries to to bring the ball there. It's very helpful if you work together for a longer time, because the strikers obviously expect that as well. So it was a brilliant run from Sadio for the goal, um, and if he. Wouldn't not expect. I if, I don't think it was a shot. By the way, I heard that people were discussing. I, I really think he wanted to maybe not didn't hit the ball properly, but if he wants to bring the ball in the box, um, and then you need somebody who, who who picks it up, and it was sad in this moment. So, um, really good goal. Guys, hopefully it's okay, and we'll call it. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. The post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 1-0 win against West Ham at Anfield. It was a bit of a struggle, wasn't it? I think probably we were quite fortunate today. On another day, we might even have lost this one. They had enough chances. Um, poor finishing once again. Fortunately for us, that seems to be a, a common factor in teams that we've played in recent times. And also, Alisson um, provides quite a block, doesn't he? Particularly in those one-on-ones. Um, he's he's really world, you know, top of the world at that. Um, I think Jurgen got the starting eleven absolutely spot on today, given what we've been through in the last week and what's to come. Uh, and I, I think there may well be some big changes for the middle of the week, but I'll, I'll come to that in a moment. I was I was texting with my daughter. We're in different countries at the moment, and we were trying to figure out how we could. Uh, you know, if, if we were Jürgen, how we'd managed to get the, the second goal that I think we we desperately needed in that last 25 minutes or so because we've all seen it before, haven't we? The, the danger of being only 1-0 up and then, and then losing points uh, towards the end of the game. And we were thrashing it out. And I think we, we, we both agreed that we'd take Mo off, actually, uh, which, is, which is what happened. We wanted, we wanted Jota to come on. And again, that's what happened. Then I thought maybe what he'd do is he might take Naby Keita off and go to that 4-2-4 that we saw not too long ago with Hendo and Fab being sort of 
um, a couple of sixes and maybe three of the front four dropping back a bit with one one man hanging up front uh, but <laughs> I'm glad we didn't take Nalby off because he made that superb rescue didn't he when West Ham were on the break and he he made up good ground and got an important foot in another super opportunity for them to to equalize that they they couldn't convert so yeah i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad he stayed on uh, until towards the end of the game when he was withdrawn and i think he he put in a good display Nabi Keita. i think ibrahima kanate also played particularly well um and and we looked solid we looked fluid going forward once again diaz looked looked very strong and he's clearly going to be a, a player that makes a big difference for us but we we just couldn't seem to get through that bank in front of the back four often enough to to create enough trouble and um uh, we, i guess we need to figure that out but they're they're not a bad side west ham and that all things considered that was that was probably a good result for them although i think they will be frustrated frustrated with the amount of chances they they failed to convert looking ahead now to Inter Milan in the middle of the week I think you know we're 2-0 up from the away leg and so it should be very comfortable but we all know that if they were to get an early goal or at any stage go 1-0 up then things are threatened slightly so we've got to we've got to be strong we've got to put um, a, a good side out I doubt therefore there'll be too many changes Defensively, I think Konate will keep his place. You might see Simikas come in, perhaps. Um, an opportunity to give Robbo a rest, but he, he had that rest in the middle of last week, so um, perhaps not. I think we need to be strong in defence, that's for sure. Likely to be some changes in midfield. Maybe you'll get Curtis coming in, maybe Harvey Elliott, but I, I, I doubt it. I think probably Curtis will get the nod there. Um, but I think... Up front, we may see, <clears throat> excuse me, we may see number of changes. A because we don't need goals, and B because you know we need to we need to rotate, keep people happy, but also give uh, our important players a rest. I think Jota probably would would start on the left hand side. I think because Minamino played so well in the FA Cup, he may well come in for Mo Salah on the right, and maybe Div um, in the middle of the park. And there's always the opportunity, isn't there, that we can bring on our big guns up front should we need goals in the latter stages of the game. But that's what I expect going into the Champions League in the middle of the week. In the meantime, three points for Liverpool and we can ride on our good fortune. And fingers crossed that United will get three points tomorrow. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Hello, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. The gates of hell are open night and day. Smooth the descent and easy is the way. But to return and view the cheerful skies, in this the challenge and mighty labour lies. Virgil the poet wrote those lines in the Aeneid, however you pronounce it, and at Anfield tonight, I think the Roman Virgil may well have approved of the Dutch Virgil's mighty labour.
The poetry in Van Dyke's performance was certainly in full, fluid motion, and boy, did it need to be. Time and time again, Virgil flicked away danger like a horse's tail flicks flies from its buttock area, staying calm, cool and collected, keeping his head while all around him were losing theirs. What a man! I think Liverpool deserved to win, though, I really do. The XG of 2.1 to 1.53 in our favour reflects that, and, interestingly, when we went to London and lost to the Hammers, we also shaded our XG by 1.53 to 1.23. This time, things went as they should, with the dominant team winning. The main difference this time around, I think, was simply the rub of the green. Whereas in November, Alisson was fouled and ended up scoring an own goal, today his scuffed clearance didn't result in any major punishment. Whereas back in November, Kurt Zuma managed to find himself unmarked from a corner at the back post ahead in what turned out to be the winner, this time he was restricted to doing his regular day job, and doing it rather well, unfortunately, the cat-kicking toe rag. I'm glad he lost anyway, and I'm very glad that after a terrifying match in which my nerves were shredded like embassy dossiers before a revolution, Liverpool have the three points and the challenge is still on. This is Owen from Cop On Podcast, needing water, needing tea, needing a good lie down, but absolutely thrilled that the pressure is back on those city slickers. Mike Holt from Go On The Match Podcast with my review on Liverpool 1, West Ham United 0. Um... Probably not the spectacle we were all hoping for um, and maybe not so much the performance that we were all hoping for, to be honest. Um, but we got the job done. Um, that's, you know, it's that point of the season now or in that last third of the season where we just need to get the points on the board, especially playing in front of City. Um, I think I've seen a stat before saying this is only maybe the sixth time that we've played before City this season. Um, so being able to heap that pressure on on Man City before they play, obviously with a local derby for them tomorrow. Um, and United have got a decent record at the Ayad. Fingers crossed, um, they'll be sat there worried tonight. Um, and that's what this Liverpool team need to keep on doing. You know, like I say, the performance wasn't quite there, but as long as there's points on the board um, and those being three points week in, week out, that's all we need. Um, I suppose going into the game, um, we went probably with our strongest team, um, uh, with obviously Matip out injured. Canati came in. I thought he, I thought he'd done reasonably well. Um, you know, we, he, him, him and Van Dyke got pulled from uh, pillar to post. To be fair, um, I mean credit where it's due to Antonio. He ran our back four ragged. Um, you know, we really did test them. Um, and Van Dijk had a few problems with Antonio. I mean, in the whole, he had a good game, but you know there was you know there was t- times where he wasn't winning his aerial duels, or you know there wasn't one in the second half where he went to head it back to Allison, um, and I think Lanzini was in. Um, so Antonio, sort of his presence really did um, 
did did trouble the back four of Liverpool uh, quite a lot. Um, Trent, I thought, was really good. Hopefully, people will start putting that. Um, Trent can't defend title to um, to bed now because it's getting a bit boring, but thought he was really good. Like I say, especially in his defending where he needed to do it today, I thought he was brilliant. Robertson was really good. Um, maybe that's come off the back of Simicast having a really good game the other night. Um, and him pushing them on, and you know that can only be a good thing. Midfield of Henderson, Keita, and Fabinho. Yeah, I thought they did really well. I, I thought Keita. I'd probably focus a bit more on Keita because you you know what you're going to get with Fabinho and Henderson. You know, nine times out of ten, you're going to get a, a, a solid seven point five or eight out of ten performance. Um, so I'll focus on Keita a bit and say, and I thought he was really good. Um, and you know that last ditch tackle he made. Um, absolutely fantastic. He got around the pitch a lot more. He looked a lot more confident. Um, maybe having Henderson and Fabino next to him give him that sort of steadiness um, that he needs. Um, you know, if he gets thrown in a, a midfield of, you know, an Oxley Chamberlain and a Curtis Jones, let's say, you know, he, he's the more he's the more senior of the lot of them. So I thought he was really good. And that front three, uh, Salah, Mane and Diaz. Thought Diaz was the man of the match, absolutely exceptional. Um, like I said the other week, for a player like that to come into this league, hit the ground running, um, you know, you know, hats off to him for doing that. He, he's just he's just such a live wire. It reminds me of, of when we first signed Jotter and it was just like, you know, he just comes straight onto the scene and full of energy and... Wants to harry people, he wants to get stuck in, he wants to lay people off, shoot, he's just got everything, you know, he's absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, Salah, yeah, I know a lot of people have said it's, you know, he was poor tonight, and he was, you know, he, he wasn't at his best, not that he was terrible, he just, he was trying to shoot too much, and he was a bit too greedy for me tonight, and I, and I you know, I would rather him be greedy all season. If he got 40 goals, you know, that means the Liverpool are going to go far for titles. But, you know, the, there was a lot of opportunities tonight where he could just slip somebody in or lay someone off and he took the shot. You know, he wasn't quite at it. Um, but hopefully that'll give him a bit of frustration going into the Inter Milan game midweek. Mane, I thought was really good. I actually really like him in that number nine position. Um, and what I was thinking watching it is maybe... You know, obviously, with Mane and Firmino both got eighteen months left on their contracts, I can only see one of them getting a renewal. And I think on the basis that Mane is starting to play in that nine and he's playing really well in there, that may leeway that we're going to let Firmino go out of the two of them. Um, obviously, I'm just, I'm just uh, jumping ahead of the gun there. But you know, the fact that Mane can play that number nine position and he's doing it really well, you know, he's getting his back in, he's drawing fouls. I thought he was superb today. Obviously, gets his goal. Trent, I don't know if it's a cross or if it's a shot or it's somewhere in between, but it falls to the feet of Mane who puts it in the back of the net. Um, apart from that, we didn't have overly loads of chances. Um, West Ham had the, the, the other clear chances, and to be honest, you know, I, they, I think they deserve to draw out of it. I really do. The one from Lanzini, you know, that is that is terrible that he's not missed that, uh, that he has missed that, sorry. Um and not put it in the back of the net, you know, criminal, but obviously it works out for us, and yeah, we weren't at our best tonight, but you're not going to be, and that 19-20 season when we did win it, there was a lot of games where we weren't at our best, but we rode them out, and I'd probably say that's more encouraging, um, I find it a lot more encouraging, um, that we've got that back in us, uh, we didn't have it last season for, obviously, 
a lot more reasons than one. Um, but you know, you know, credit to West Ham. I thought they they've got a really good team there. You know, David Moyes, the football genius. Um, he has got a really good team. He's assembled there, and I think they might go far in the Europa League as well. To be fair, um, but obviously Moyes, you know, not winning record, Anfield still carries on. Um, in the expense of West Ham, but the credit for us, um, and like I say, fingers crossed United can do us a favour, um, and obviously the Reds go into a midweek fixture in the Champions League against Inter Milan, um, obviously 2-0 up, but we've got to get the job done, be professional, um, you, might be, you might mix it up a little bit at the front three there, um, potentially, um, but it's exciting times to be a Red, and like I say, put the pressure on City, and it's over to them. Really important that Liverpool got the points at Anfield against West Ham in what turned out to be a difficult game. I don't think it was a game that Liverpool played particularly badly in. I mean, there'll be a lot said that it was a poor performance and Liverpool ended up getting the results. I mean, I still think Liverpool did more than enough to win the game in the overall general play. They got into some really good areas, were unable to finish the chances, wrong decisions, last final pass, etc. And at some points were, were unlucky inside the 18-yard box, but also... And where I can understand it from West Ham's point of view and why they'll probably feel aggrieved from not coming away from the game with more was that they had two massive, in particular, chances that were spurned and ended up giving Liverpool the victory in the end. I mean, the thing is with Liverpool is that the nature about Liverpool play, when they do concede chances, they're likely to be big ones. Because like we talked about before, you're not going to have sustained pressure on Liverpool and not going to create multiple chances. But what you are probably going to do is you can have moments within games, especially with the high-risk nature about Liverpool play, playing so high up the field. Sometimes the pressure won't be absolutely perfect on the ball. And that will allow the opposition to get in behind, especially if they have deep runners or runners who are capable of making runs in between centre-half and full-back when Liverpool advances a team. And West Ham have certainly got them players. They have got runners, as was shown in the league game, in which Liverpool lost earlier in the season. Runs from deep caused the backline a problem. And also they've got Michael Antonio, who's a massive problem for the majority of teams in the Premier League because he combines brute strength with sheer athleticism and is also more than capable technically. So he's a bit of an all-round package. In what I would describe, if I had to describe him as anything, as being a handful I think there's a few of these kind of players in the Premier League. I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin at Everton would fit into that bracket as well. But the thing is with Antonio, he's so strong and so quick. He's almost a a better version, if that makes sense, of that kind of player. And where Liverpool's backline normally have such physical superiority over attackers and are able to hoover up the majority of high balls that are played forward with the opposition mainly playing high balls, such as Liverpool's pressure in the final third, forcing them to go longer, then Liverpool will gobble that up and get back on the attack. But the, the problem with Antonio is he can match any centre-half in terms of them physical traits. And then a lot of the time he can make what is an average ball or a 50-50 ball into a really advantageous ball for his team. And that was another area in which Liverpool ended up surrendering chances because they couldn't quite control that player. He was able to then bring others into the game and West Ham were then able to generate some shooting chances from that. So it was a bit of a, a bit of both in terms of Liverpool maybe not applying enough pressure on the ball, West Ham able to run in behind, but also having that, unlike the normal threat that Liverpool face, having the physical presence to be able to bring others into the game with 
average balls into the target, man. And so you've always got to believe that sometimes, I mean, again, it can't be too much criticism in Liverpool either. They're on a fantastic run. They've had multiple games over a number of weeks now. And to keep churning out results, as they have done, and as they have done over, well, three of the last four years, even the back end of last year when the games really mattered and they managed to get over the line in the Champions League, is, is really testament to the, the, the players on the playing field. I mean, how many of these kind of games did we actually see in the title winning season? I mean, people forget that now because obviously Liverpool won by vast, such a vast margin, but so many of them were won by one goal. And when the margins are that tight, it really does the concentration level, the desire, the motivation and the overall mentality of the side really has to come into that. And I don't think anyone can question that of Liverpool over the last few years. And of course, you can't question that any more than Liverpool's two fullbacks, who were, again, what I felt were, were outstanding on the day. Magnificence in the game. I mean, Alexander Arnold again was Liverpool's, apart from Luis Diaz again, the one who looked to create things for Liverpool. And I've talked about Alexander Arnold numerous times on this podcast because he's such a fantastic player. But often I, I, I sort of neglect Andy Robertson. And, and what a fantastic fullback Robertson is. I mean, there was at least three times during this game in which he was had to be in the correct covering position around his centre half to be able to make really good ground and either affect the shot, cut out a last gasp chance, whatever it may be. And his positioning was fantastic. And that's the thing about Robertson. Not only does he offer you real quality in the final phase, okay, he's not Alexander Arnold quality in the in the amount of technique he can he can generate from his left boot as opposed to Alexander Arnold's right boot. But he's full of energy. He's got good quality in his delivery as well. Okay, not to Alexander Arnold's level, but a, a, a quality in which is more than a threat for the vast majority of opposition player, opposition teams when he gets in the final third. But relentless, relentless player who gets up and down the flank. Absolute winner mentality. You can see that in terms of how he projects himself, captain of Scotland, and I think he has a massive influence over that Liverpool team and a real will to win. But also, when you think of him as a 1v1 defender, you know, I've talked about his cover and round positionally, but if you think of him as a 1v1 defender, how, how often, and I think this was a 200th game for Liverpool tonight, how often has Andy Robertson been beaten in a 1v1 duel? You know, when have you ever seen him really be outstripped by a wide man? I think Raheem Sterling, who's given the vast amount of Premier League players a, a tough time over the years, and he's always one who's, who's a real threat. But such as his consistency, he's got good judging of distance. You know, he's you wouldn't call him lightning quick, but he's certainly quick enough in that no, such as his positional sense as well, that, you know, no one can really uh, expose him or catch him vulnerable. And super player for Liverpool. What a signing he's been. And I think he epitomised, and he does epitomise Liverpool in these tight games over the years in that they've been able to get over the line. And I thought his performance in particular and his ability to save really dangerous situations for Liverpool really stood out to me today. Overall, in the final third, it was the final pass, the final decision, the final shot-making action, which was lacking from all of Liverpool's forward players, really, at different individual moments. And I think that's all that's really lacking from Luis Diaz's game at this moment in time, because, again, a really good performance from him. And I think there's just that ability he has to be able to carry the ball up the field to play and advance the team into the higher areas of the pitch. I mean, 
I think Carragher made a comment, and I've always been in agreement while the television was playing, that Salah and Manny, as fantastic as they are, they're almost, the biggest strength is almost without the ball and then penetrating runs in behind. Now, Luis Diaz has that. I think he's he's had more touches in the opposition box than any player in the Premier League since he's come into the club. But he's also got that ability to really outstrip defenders 1v1 with, he almost glides over the surface. And I think that's a great, great skill to have because when it advances Liverpool up the pitch but also on counter attacks and when Liverpool are under pressure he can take Liverpool from A to B in, in, in very very quick moments in time and I think that'll be really valuable but really you know the last pass wasn't there the last finish wasn't there but this player again from everything he's shown me today is going to be absolutely fantastic for Liverpool and again such as a performance he didn't come off the field to play against today and I think he's not creating a problem for Jürgen Klopp, but I don't think he's you're in a position where you can leave him out at this moment in time because such as everything else he's bringing to the game, OK, he's not getting the, the actual final decisive moments in terms of the numbers, but everything else he's contributing so much and be, has been such a threat for Liverpool. Obviously, Manny gets the goal, thought he played well in the central role again. I mentioned in the last podcast last week how I think it'll be really interesting to see how, with Diaz making himself almost untroppable at this moment in time, how Klopp manages... This forward line, if you think of Salah almost being undroppable as well, it almost leaves free fighting for one space at this moment in time. But Manny, Manny's performance was very good, real killer instinct to be able to, to finish the opportunity because I don't think that should be taken for granted. Obviously, Alexander Arnold missed Kitt, but the amount of goals that Manny has scored down the years from fantastic anticipation, and that was another one today, and it ended up being the decisive moments within the game. So, really, really important result for Liverpool. Looking at the next two games, they've got Brighton and Arsenal away. And I think if they were to come through them two games and go into the Manchester City game, I think they've got Watford in between. But if they were to come through them two games away from home and be in, be in with a real opportunity of being within three points or, you know, God, even uh, magnificent as it would be, even closer to Manchester City when they actually travel to the Etihad, then I'll really start to believe that that this is an opportunity. I mean, the only reason I don't at this moment in time, or sort of probably a bit more negative about it, is just such as City's control over every game they play, and the fact that Liverpool would then have to go to the Etihad, win the game, and also win <laughs> win more games consecutively than they currently have done at this moment in time. When you think they've already won twelve, that'd be a massive achievement from the players. So still very difficult. But again, really, I think I say this every week, but a really important week coming up, especially with these tough away games that you look at on paper and sandwiched in between the Champions League game with Inter Milan as well. And you think, right, Liverpool have to come through them to give themselves a chance. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.